Guys, I literally had to send a rage text to my mom mid-podcast, and I said, if dad is weed-whacking, can you please ask him to stop? And she says, sorry about that. It was me, period. And then with an emoji with, like, the straight teeth showing, like, oops. <laughs> you know. I love Mrs. Boo. Mrs. Boo has been dropping in the DMs recently. She is just got an Instagram, guys. If you are feeling like you need some extra love for every request my mom and Marie Flew, because she... Is a, slides into the DMs with all the love. She's a cheerleader. She's she the really best is. cheerleader. I love her so much. She's something else. She's getting wild on there. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I made a I made a TikTok that I'm about to drop today in preparation for our money management workshop tonight with Jenny Music. And I made up a song because you know I like to make up songs here and there. And it was from one of my Instagram posts. And the mantra, a money mantra, it goes, are you spending time making money? Or are you spending time spending money? Are you spending time making money? Or are you spending time spending money? And I... (laughs) I love that. It's freaking true. (laughs) It's so true because I've been online shopping with this quarantine and... Lindsay had to reel me in. I didn't oh. reel you in. I asked you a simple question. <laughs> what was the question again? I was like, are you sure that you need to buy those things for that expensive amount of money? <laughs> and I, like a week later, still have the cart open in my, in my um, safari. And I have a tab open for it, still trying to figure out the answer to that question. Although I feel like if I have, if it's taken this long, I know the answer to the question. It's true. But I did have Molly act out the skit. So in the part where we have, are you spending time? (laughs) She's like scrolling through the internet and she's wearing glasses and looking at the Dean Street Law website. And then in the area where it's, are you spending time, spending money? She's on scrolling the internet looking for like luxury dog things oh my gosh I love that that's so funny she's so so fancy she's amazing what a luxe bougie bougie gal she is (laughs) I love it that's hysterical Laura I cannot wait for that to drop it's dropping on Laura M. D. Francesco on TikTok later today so um it'll be up there by the time this launches But today's guest is Marissa Rose Nash. She's absolutely incredible. I loved our conversation. She dropped so many gems in this. Literally so many. I cannot wait to listen to it back. She is just so, like, knowledgeable about all things wellness. It's unbelievable. Yeah, she has the Wellco, which is her company. She's an executive coach. And she has so many years of experience with wellness, mindfulness, and does a great job with personal development. Um, she shared so much information with us. She did. She touched on literally everything, including manifestation. It was just, there were so many little nuggets that are just so helpful for anyone who's interested in wellness. Yeah, so let's get into the podcast. <laughs>
Welcome everyone to the Flourish We Grow Together podcast. This is Lara DiFrancesco, founder and CEO of Flourish Coworking Space, a lush, inspiring, and sustainable co-working space in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I'm here with Lindsay. Hello, this is Lindsay DiFrancesco, the co-founder of Flourish. And we're also here with Casey. Yes, I'm Casey, the community manager of Flourish. And we're so excited. Today we have an interview with Marissa Nash, and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself. I can't wait for you to meet her. Thanks, guys. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. And Marissa, why don't you give everybody a little bit of a background on yourself and what you do so that they can get to know you a little bit more? Absolutely. Um, So I also live outside of the Philadelphia area. Um, I am a wellness coach and corporate wellness consultant. I've had my company, The WellCo, for about five years. Um, I've been a coach for the same amount of time, but I actually got started in my career in yoga, um, teaching yoga full-time out in Southern California and managing a core power yoga studio, worked for Lululemon for a bit, and just really fell in love with wellness and the fitness industry. Um, but notice that my gifts were in coaching. So I've been a coach for a while now. I do primarily work with female clients. And my goal is really just to support women in all of their well-being um, through holistic modalities and healing practices. That's amazing. And we all asked this question before you were on, Marissa. We're all curious, what brought you to Pennsylvania from Southern California? Great question. Um, yeah, so I actually grew up outside of Philadelphia. I, I went to Penn State for my undergraduate degree. And as soon as I graduated Penn State, I got myself to the beach. I moved to Charleston, South Carolina. Um, ended up living there twice, two different times. Went to Charleston, ended up going out to Southern California. Um, I was teaching stand-up paddleboard yoga, actually, um, in Laguna Beach, which was an amazing stint for a while. And ended up out there for two and a half years. Then found my way back to Charleston, out to Texas and then back to Philadelphia. So Philadelphia area is home for me. I really do love being back in the Northeast. Um, It just feels right for my soul, but definitely had to explore some other places to come back and call this home. Oh my gosh. Oh, absolutely. And Charleston and South Carolina have a very special spot in my heart. I went to University of South Carolina and visit Charleston often. I love South Carolina. That's amazing. Yeah, beautiful Mm. in Charleston. Oh, it's no wonder that those areas brought you there. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I was like, get me to the beach. I, I definitely am a beach bomb. I love surfing. My name actually, Marissa, means lover of the sea. Um, so definitely destined to be at the beach. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I'm uh, back in Philadelphia, my, my goal is to quarterly, you know, take retreats and get to California and Mexico and Panama, Costa Rica, just to make sure that that need is met within me because it's a big one. Oh, that's so oh gosh, I love that. I'll def go. I'll be there for sure. I think I'm curious, like what has inspired you to do the work that you're doing right now? Yeah. So I I do have, you know, two lines of my company. So the one I work one-on-one and in group coaching programs with individual women who are looking to really transform their lives from the inside out. Um, I do a lot of limiting beliefs work. I really believe in the power of manifestation. Um, Obviously, you know, yoga and embodiment. I'm also a meditation teacher, all those practices 
practices are incorporated into my programs. And then I have the other side of my business where I focus more on corporate wellness. Um, the corporate wellness piece uh, really came from a need that I just see in um, the corporate world for men and for women um, in that a lot of leaders in, in corporations are taking care of so many people, but they often forget about themselves. So my goal with corporations is to you know take my company, the Wellco, and to work alongside their leaders to make sure that they're supported in their well-being, which ultimately will help them to reach their business objectives and their business goals. So it really came from a need that I saw um, and had experienced. I personally have worked in corporate. I've worked for myself. I've done both. And I'm really passionate about both. So it's really designed for me to explore my passion, but also to support an industry that I really feel like needs to be clued into mindfulness and well-being. And I think we're all feeling that right now and companies are really attuned to that at this time. Definitely. I'm honestly curious what you define as wellness, because I know that there's a couple of different takes that people can have on it. So what is like your overall definition of wellness and what you see that as? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll answer that in a minute. I did want to also add that just my, my heart for wellness, which I will define as uh, really comes from my own story of just being uh, somebody who was extremely stressed. Um, I suffered with a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress that was really stored in my body. So it, you know, it showed up as panic attacks sometimes, or uh, heart palpitations, or just being so exhausted, you know, on a Saturday that I could barely get out of bed. And a part of me thought, oh, this is just normal until there was that drive and that need and need to change. So for me, wellness is helping people to live out their highest potential without stress and without anxiety. Um, some levels of stress and anxiety are normal and can be good motivators, but they shouldn't be the only motivators. Um, and my goal is really to um, normalize that it's okay to say that you have stress and anxiety, but that it's also okay to do the work and to get help and that you can overcome that. I've personally, you know, transformed my own stress and anxiety. And, you know, I live with very limited stressors and anxieties now because I deal with them as they come up and I use the tools that I teach to um, help keep me well. So being well is to me really living without the, the stressors and the anxieties that are all consuming. I think that that's a super important distinct how do I distinction. Say that word? Okay, that word. I think that it's a really important <laughs> distinction that you say that it's without stress. So do all the things that you think are well and help you, but it should never counterbalance itself and become something that you stress about incorporating into your life. Do you agree? Mm -hmm, absolutely. And, and sometimes, you know, even the good things, I was operating and doing a lot of good things, but I was overdoing a lot of things. You know, I was very successful on the outside and, you know, I think cultural defining like success, but it, it didn't feel good for me because it actually just wasn't aligned with where I wanted to go and what um, I was called to do. So it was, it was really out of alignment for me. So that's a big piece of my work too, is aligning, you know, women and men in, in corporate organizations, you know, to, to be aligned. What is, what are your gifts? What is your purpose? How are you using them? How are you showing up? What boundaries are you setting? You know, what are you doing too much of or too little of? All those questions are really important to align somebody to be their most well self. I think also like it's kind of scary. I think that a lot of people almost have gotten used to and think it's normal to just constantly be living in a state of stress. And 
I mean, I'm sure you see that really prevalent in corporate America too. Do you have tips for people who feel like they're just constantly living in a state of stress? Like what kind of tips could you give people that just constantly are feeling overwhelmed by, you know, stress and anxiety in their life? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Definitely something that I, I work with people on a lot. It's a really good starting point. What I would suggest, you know, as a landing point is really to acknowledge that you are stressed. I know for me, that was actually one of the hardest parts because like we both just talked about, you know, a lot of us are living at a max stress and it feels normal because what's normal and that's a lot of the work that I do is reframing the mind to define what normal is for you. But what's normal, you know, can be perceived as operating in that way because everybody's doing it, right? Um, and it probably feels normal because it's been a habit. And it's, it's actually easier to carry out our habits than to change and transform our mindset and our habits. So the first thing that I would say is to acknowledge that you're stressed. Um, you know, s- spending time with yourself, identifying what stress looks like for you. Um, so, you know, I mentioned earlier stress for me, I could feel it in my body, like my stomach would get tense, um, my, my heart would palpitate, you know, my, my shoulders would be tense. So for me, it was very physical. For others, they might act out, right? So they might act out and, you know, um, you know, verbally be like, you know, aggressive towards a spouse or their child or um, some people isolate, you know, when they're stressed. So I think it's identifying what your triggers are, um, what stress looks like for you, and then giving it a name, like I'm stressed. Um, and then from there, I think you can start to move and transform that stress. So, you know, some things that can absolutely help are exercise. Um, yoga, obviously, is, is a really, really great way to start to break down those levels of stress. Um, I usually recommend uh, restorative or yin yoga, which is, you know, a um, less energetic practice, but very good for calming the mind and the body. I also am big on meditation, so I highly recommend having a mindfulness meditation practice. Um, I have a lot of tools for meditation that I teach people, but a great app um, and a way to get started would either be InScape or Headspace, so generating a meditation practice can be really helpful. Um, And then also a gratitude practice. Gratitude and having a gratitude practice absolutely transform my life because what you focus on expands. So if you're focusing on the stressors and the anxiety and the things that are bringing you down and how overwhelming work is or, you know, being at home and things that are going on in your environment, you're going to attract more of that and you're going to focus more on that. But when you can shift your mind to gratitude, you're going to then focus more on the positive things. I love so much of what you said And especially with respect to meditation and providing the resource of Headspace as a way to get started, that was something that I dipped my toe into getting started in my meditation practice. And I am really starting to feel the benefits of gratitude and a gratitude practice, but I feel like gratitude practices look so differently from person to person. Can you share what a few different types of practices might be for different personality types and individuals? Absolutely. So there are two that I would recommend. Um, One is a journaling exercise and one is more of an embodiment technique. And what I mean by embodiment is, you know, bringing the mind, body and soul into the experience. Um, So, you know, it incorporates a a physical posture. So the first um, might resonate with more more with people who um, just need to get some things, you know, out of their head and onto paper. So if you're somebody and that resonates with you, I would suggest this gratitude practice, um, which is 
daily, taking time in the morning or at night. And I would schedule that in and make it consistent just because the less decisions you have to make, the more likely you are to do it. So I would decide morning or night, have a journal, and then just make a list of five to 10 things that you're grateful for. But I would write next to the things that you're grateful for, why you're grateful for them, how they make you feel. What about that experience um, makes you feel grateful? Um, I think there are is something to be said for just simply writing down what you're grateful for. But when you can actually kind of reminisce and re-experience the feeling that actually makes you feel a lot better. Um, and again, what you focus on expands. So as you do that, you will be recalling more memories and more good feelings. So that's the first is a journaling exercise. And I would do that daily. I think you can learn a lot about yourself um, from what you're grateful for as well. And then the second is the one that I practice, um, which is more of an embodied approach to gratitude. So I love um, laying on my bed at night and I'll flip the opposite way so that my feet are facing the headboard and I'll kind of prop some pillows up and recline and let my feet lift above my head and just rest my heels on my headboard. And then I'll close my eyes. Sometimes I'll light a candle or some incense and I'll reflect on three experiences that I'm grateful for. I will kind of re-experience them in my body and recall to memory what I was grateful for, how I was feeling, what that experience was like. So that is kind of, I think, taking the journaling process to the next level. But again, one practice might resonate more with somebody than the other. So I would choose one or the other. Is there a reason why you put your feet on the headboard? Yeah, so that that's um it, it could be a variation of a yoga posture, which would be legs up the wall, which is very restorative to do at night. So legs up the wall, you would lay on your floor and you would lift your heels above your head and just lift the legs up against the wall. Um, so it's a variation on that. And having the legs or the feet reclined above the heart is very calming for your body and your nervous system. So it's a way to calm you down. I love that. That's awesome. That is awesome. I'm curious now, like what does your daily wellness practice look like? Yes. So as far as um, wellness and health goes, I do practice Ayurveda. Um, Ayurveda is the sister science of yoga and the belief is that food is medicine. So I do have an Ayurvedic coach that I personally work with. So a lot of my wellness practices, um, my daily routines are very Ayurvedic. Um, so in the morning, I do try to wake up between 5.30 and 6 o'clock in the morning. I love early mornings. I find it's really just a sweet time of the day where I can be by myself and be a little bit more reflective. I have a puppy too. So she wakes up with me, but then she usually takes a nap, which is really nice and doesn't need too much attention. Um, so I wake up. It took me a while to develop my morning routine, but it was something I became very committed to over the last year because I really believe what you do in the morning sets you up for success for the rest of the day. So I'll wake up between 5.30 to 6. I actually have a sunrise alarm clock, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, so Ooh, I, I saw that on your stories. That's so cool. It's amazing. I got lots of questions about it. You can get one on Amazon, but essentially what it does is it allows me to not have my phone in the bedroom, which helps me to sleep better. So I try to keep my phone out of my bedroom to charge overnight and then let my alarm clock wake me up and it creates um, sunlight in my room about 10 minutes before my alarm goes off. So it's a really peaceful way to wake up in the morning. 
highly, highly recommend. So I wake up to my sunrise alarm and then I immediately go into the bathroom. So, um, this was something I really had to work on, you know, just, just taking care of myself. As I explained, my journey was, I was very other oriented. I was working a nonprofit, you know, I was just really taking care of everybody else and then feeling depleted at the end of the day. So I really commit to my morning routine. I'll go into the bathroom. Um, and then when I get into the bathroom, I, I wash my face. Um, and I'm, I'm really intentional about products that I use and, you know, what I'm, what I'm putting on my face, certain, um, like scents and herbs and things of that sort. So I'll wash my face, feel refreshed there. I'll brush my teeth. And then an Ayurvedic practice that I do in the morning is tongue scraping. So I'll scrape my tongue. Um, if you're not familiar, it can sound kind of weird, but I highly recommend tongue scraping. Um, and then I will, yeah, I'll, I'll then feed my dog, make my coffee, um, and just take any supplements that I'm taking for the day. And then I feel ready to actually invest what I need to invest into. I also did start journaling in the morning. Um, so I, I am building that slowly into my routine as well. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's like a beautiful morning routine. I would love, I need to start, you know, incorporating more things like that just out of curiosity. And because we all love, um, like clean skincare, what, what kind of skincare products do you use? Sure. Um, so I have this seaweed cleansing. Um, I wouldn't call it a, a lotion. I'm not sure exactly what they call it, but I love it. It's from anthropology. I'd have to grab the, the label, but I love it. It's just green. It just makes me feel so fresh in the morning. So I apply that after I wash my face. Um, I love Lush Big Shampoo. It's actually like a sea salt scrub. So I use that on my scalp just to cleanse myself from the day um, every time I shower. And then I also use a Lush, I think it's a, a rose um, product that I apply to my face in the shower. And it's, it's just to calm you. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Juicy thing. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds beautiful. (laughs) I do tongue scraping as well. It is so nice. And I feel like it helps so much with your breath. (laughs) Everything so much fresher as well. Yes. I remember the first time after I, I t- did tongue scraping for the first time and I immediately felt energy, so much energy that day. Cause you know, the philosophy and belief is that you carry a lot of toxins on your tongue. So it was like a new world open to me. I'm like, this is amazing. So I'm very excited to do it every day. <laughs> for people who aren't familiar with um, Ayurveda, can you go into a little bit more detail about that? I can provide a little bit of information. Um, I'm definitely not an Ayurvedic coach. I'm I'm learning as I go. Um, But there are three different um, doshas, which are three different types. And you can be imbalanced. Um, And a a lot of us are imbalanced. The reason that I sought out Ayurveda was because I was experiencing a lot of symptoms around my period. Um, So I was experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety and a little bit of depression before I would get my period. Um, Within a month of applying Ayurvedic principles, it's completely gone away. Um, so I personally saw change really quickly. Um, the, the doshas are pitta, kapha, and vata. So I am pitta and vata, and I don't have any kapha. So what that would mean is that, you know, I'm not a very grounded person. So to balance me, I need to eat a lot of like warm cooked vegetables, um, brown rice. Um, I, you know, I don't do really well with uncooked vegetables um, or like lighter, spicier things because they just tend to agitate me because I'm already like vibrating at a high frequency and a little bit like flighty with the anxiety and, and all of those ailments. So it's very, very interesting. They also go off of seasonal wellness. Um, so my Ayurveda coach makes me a seasonal plan. Um, and there are certain foods that I'll eat according to each season. 
That's very cool. So with Ayurveda, you eat the opposite diet of like what you're lacking to help balance you out. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I, when I did my own research on Ayurveda, I did not understand that's the way that it was. And so I think I was eating a lot of foods that were probably agitating me more, trying to play around with it on my own. And then I learned, you know, th- through coaching that I was doing it all wrong. Um, and it's it's been life changing for me. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. So I'm wondering, since you do work um, in the corporate field with business professionals, I'm wondering what is one thing that you see... I, th- I feel like I can make this into two questions. One, what's something that you see them doing or not doing that's having a negative impact on their overall wellness? And then what's one thing that you see them actually doing that's positively impacting their wellness? Sure. So the one thing I think that negatively impacts is um, the lack of breaks. I think that breaks are very much overlooked and, you know, corporate America, but also with entrepreneurs. Um, You know, I think all of us have this drive and our society supports the drive to keep going all the time. And we honestly can't do that. Our brains are not designed to do that. Our brains are actually designed to operate as efficiently and as effectively as possible for about 90 minutes max. And then we're supposed to take a break to reset. So it's something that I incorporate early on into my corporate wellness programs is making sure that, you know, my clients are taking breaks and doing things that are intentionally good for them and feel good to them. Um, so that that's one thing that I see is typically lacking and maybe not even a thought of, oh, I'll take a break and that will actually help me. It usually feels counterproductive, but it, it actually definitely helps to move their goals forward. Um, and then one thing that they're doing well, I think, you know, individuals who work in, in corporate environments are so great at um, with well-being, you know, social wellness is really important. So they're really great at collaborating and connecting, asking for support. Um, often they're really great at communicating with their teams. Um, it's usually what I see more of actually like the, the level of communication with their selves and taking care of their own needs that they struggle with, but they're very good at being externally focused and collaborative. That's awesome. That's really good. Um, Especially for, because a lot of the community at Flourish were entrepreneurs. So I agree. We're always thinking about how we can serve our clients, serve everyone else, serve our team, serve um, who's working under us and who's working with us. So I think that that's really important Mm -hmm. that that can be a strength but it can also kind of work against you too. So definitely take those breaks and everything. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that 90 minutes and breaks were so important to be honest until this, until this discussion reflecting back on how I've spent the last couple of weeks in quarantine and taking more breaks and how much more productive I felt. So that's super helpful to know. And I also saw that you work in energy management. Can you speak more about how you help individuals and entrepreneurs with respect to energy management and some tips you might have with respect to energy management? Yes, definitely. So I I do. I really believe in energy management. Um, I came across energy management because of like a lot of other programs that I lead, you know, the things that I lacked in myself. Um, I definitely am a type A person. I can go, go, go talk about not taking breaks. It's very challenging for me. Um, So something that I've really, really had to work through and have created my own systems around. Um, So one thing that I do recommend for managing your your energy. Um, And let me define energy management first, because I think it is a a bit of a new term. Um, So we all operate at at different levels. We all have, you know, different um, qualities and strengths 
to us as far as ener energy management goes. So some of us may be more type A and we might struggle with settling down, but others of us might be just a little bit more sluggish or a little bit more intentional or slower. And we might have a difficult time generating, you know, energy and, and more positive things. Um, so I think, you know, it's important to understand what your energy like peaks and valleys are and what type of person you naturally are. And that can change season to season. Um, so gaining awareness around that would be my first tip. And then beyond that, um, I think that it's important to take four breaks throughout the day. So in the morning, um, just like I have my morning routine, that's like a 10 minute practice to really set intention for my day. Um, in the afternoon, um, I'm taking a break around 11 a.m. I'll make a healthy smoothie for myself. I'll make sure, you know, that I'm taking care of. I might even like freshen up my makeup or like change my outfit, you know, just, just kind of like check in with myself. How am I doing? Um, and then around three, which I actually just posted on my Instagram before this, I was like, yeah, you know, I like to take a break. I walked across to the coffee shop, which is still open, which is lovely. Um, and, you know, I'll grab a latte for myself. And again, that's just like a little reset, you know, how am I doing what I have planned for the rest of the day, and then the evening before bed, and that's when I'll do my gratitude practice. Um, so I think establishing at least four different times throughout the day that you're checking in with yourself and your energy. And then really with energy management, it's, it's asking yourself what you need at any given time, you know, just being aware of how am I, how am I operating, what's working, what's not working, you know, do I need a floral tea right now? Or do I need to take a 20 minute power nap after work before I go into the next thing. Um, and really just taking the time to check in with, with your own needs, because my belief with coaching is that you have all the answers inside of you. You just might not be managing those things well. I really love that. That is amazing. I want to know also, like, what would you say to someone like, you know, we all have our days. If someone wakes up and they're feeling super low energy or just kind of off and not themselves, how can you, like, how do you guide them to kind of shift their mindset back to something a little bit more positive? Yes. That's, I love that question. That's a really great question um, because again, it's something that I have personally struggled with. So I actually have three suggestions based on the person and what they feel more drawn to. Um, the first would be to journal. Um, so journaling can be very powerful because it gives you voice. So it allows you to actually access what's going on and to get it outside of your body or your energy system, you know, depending on what you believe. I believe in both. So it's a way for you to just kind of get out what might be keeping you feeling heavy or um, feeling sluggish or just not feeling energized. So journaling would be the first piece of advice that I have. The second would be to work with affirmations. Um, I do limiting beliefs workshops and coaching sessions around that. And I do believe that um, certain mantras and affirmations um, resonate more with certain people. But to get you started, you could simply look on Pinterest or follow me on Instagram. I post affirmations a lot because I really do believe in them. So sometimes if I'm feeling that way, and what I suggest is just to wake up in the morning and just kind of like rinse yourself with affirmations, with truth about the world and yourself and what your belief system is. So that would be the second is to just read some affirmations over yourself. You can do that while you're laying in bed or you can come, you know, come to a seat on your floor or on a meditation pillow. Um, 
And then the last, which is, you know, takes a little bit more energy, but is the one that I found the most effective that I actually have started doing in my morning routine. And I forgot to add because it is new for me, but I do highly recommend um, just a short practice of Kundalini yoga um, and Kundalini yoga is working with, with the energy system and um, helping you to feel aligned and more energized. Um, and I honestly just suggest getting on YouTube and looking up a short, you know, 10 to 15 minute Kundalini yoga morning practice. And it's just going to be a way for you to wake up your body, do a couple of it's usually seated or, or laying down um, yoga postures where you're kind of linking breath to movement. And that can be a good way to kind of get the energy moving and get you feeling a little bit better in the morning. I love that. Those are all such great tips that I feel like people can benefit so much of. I do have one quick follow-up question just out of curiosity. You have established such a beautiful and consistent wellness practice into your life and I feel like that helps you, you know, maintain a good positive headspace. Have you always had this kind of outlook on life? Like, have you always been positive and can see, you know, just for people who feel like this is kind of far for them in this moment, maybe they don't feel, you know, like they're in that space right now. Like, has this always been your practice? Or did you start at a different point? Yeah, great question. So I will say, you know, as far as strengths go, I, I definitely am wired towards positivity for the the better or the worse sometimes. Um, I think because I've been so geared towards positivity, I actually used to have a very difficult time handling negative emotions, um, dealing with negative situations. I wanted to spiritually bypass a lot of things. So that, that has been my work, even though I am geared towards positivity. But if you're not that way, you can absolutely still overcome that and transform your mindset using the the same tools that I developed. So while I'm geared towards positivity, and I do believe that's a strength of mine, and that's why I can be a leader in this, I also have not lived in alignment with that. Um, I have definitely, as I mentioned, been extremely stressed, extremely overwhelmed. Um, I have not been great at setting boundaries, which led me to a lot of very unhealthy relationships, unhealthy working environments, um, unhealthy systems and practices that I developed for myself. So I really have, um, in the last year, had to kind of crawl my way out of that. And that's really, you know, they say you'll look back and be grateful for your difficult experiences and you don't believe it in the moment. But looking back, I mean, you know, me having to do this work in my own life um, has really helped me to be able to lead other women and men to do it in their own life. That's super helpful. I feel like so many people can relate to that too. You know, everyone goes through different struggles. Yeah, myself especially. I really feel like so much of what you've said has echoed my own personal transition with respect to wellness as well. And one thing that I really wanted to ask you, Marissa, is what do you journal about? Because I really struggle with journaling and feeling like I'm writing in a diary as if I was back in middle school versus it being a productive, healthy, helpful habit. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. I get that question a lot, actually. And a lot of my clients are usually really resistant to journaling, um, myself included. I'm sure all of my coaches would be like, you're resistant to journaling too. It's it's definitely difficult. So something that, that helps me and has helped my clients is to create prompts for yourself. So if I'm working with a client that really struggles with this, like you just mentioned, um, I would have them actually take just one day day out of the week or you know this afternoon to sit down and um, grab your journal and just create seven blank pages and at the top write a prompt for yourself. So one prompt might be like, 
today I'm feeling blank or the second page in the second day might be like, when I feel angry, I blank. And then the third page might be this week, I want to focus on blank. So you can prompt yourself. And as I mentioned earlier, actually, um, as we were talking, the less decisions that you have to make, the more likely you are to do something. So these things that take more energy for you to actually show up for, even though you know, okay, after I journal, I'm going to feel really good. It's still challenging. Um, The more you can set yourself up for success and the less decisions you have to make, the more likely you are to actually do it. So I do suggest giving yourself a prompt. Um, I just mentioned three, but um, sometimes I'll just have my clients journal about their emotions, journal about what they're feeling. Um, You could even journal about feeling resistant to journaling. Um, But again, I'll actually reference... um, um, my Instagram and my blog and then Pinterest and um, looking up journal prompts um, is definitely something that is very accessible. So if that's something that you want to explore and you need support in, I would suggest creating a prompt for yourself so that you kind of have some direction of where you're headed. And then lastly, I'll share too, you know, journaling could be writing three things that you want to do for the day. You know, it doesn't have to be a, an in-depth process where you're pouring over, you know, all of your life experiences and, you know, all the things that you've suffered from or you're excited for. It could just be a way for you to write down like, today I want to focus on, you know, taking care of my well-being and this is how I'm going to do it and doing three bullet points and then moving on to make your coffee. That's still journaling. Okay. I love how much flexibility there is in that because I just feel like it takes off the pressure for journaling because I've been trying so long to be consistent with journaling. And I feel like some days I write two words and I'm emotionally done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, definitely. And you're, you know, the journaling experience isn't to make you feel more pressure, right? Um, it's it's designed for you to let go and get free from it. So if there's any resistance around it, I encourage you, like I said, just write about the resistance and then that can kind of maybe move you forward. Definitely. I love that you keep on saying too, that the more decisions that you have to make to do something, the less likely you are that you're going to do them. Because I feel like taking that into people's personal lives, that's, that's how you form habits, you know, so it kind of like trickles on to like other areas of your life too, where maybe you're not so much thinking of wellness, although usually your habits do have to do with wellness. Um, That's a great way for anyone to even start a habit in general. And I think that a lot of what you do is, is honestly personal development, like this all seems so personal development. And I know that you talked about limiting beliefs earlier in the podcast. So I'd love to hear you talk on limiting beliefs and how you see that come up and, um, and some tactics to overcome that. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, limiting beliefs was, um, a practice that I fell in love with. Um, I actually, um, got divorced a year ago and that's kind of what, um, set me on just a deeper personal growth journey and specifically realizing I really needed to take care of my well-being. Um, so I noticed through that experience and having to, uh, shift everything about my life, literally every area, um, I was able to identify what was holding me back. So limiting beliefs are really interesting because they're very hard to identify because we've been living and operating under them for so long, often since we were kids or since we were um, early adolescents. So they feel very normal to us, even though they might not be getting us to where we actually want to be. Um, Limiting beliefs can be beliefs that you believe about yourself or the way the world operates, which is really interesting. Um, So the first thing that I recommend to 
identify your limiting beliefs is to identify where you feel stuck, um, where you feel that like personal calling to do more or be more or um, transform, but you're just not making progress. Um, that's where I usually start with my clients. And then from there, there is a five-step process that I run through. Um, but one of the things that I think um, is most beneficial is to understand how that belief is actually serving you. It's really, really fascinating, but we have these beliefs about ourselves or the way that the world works, even though they're keeping us stuck, they're still providing some value and meeting some need that we have. Um, for example, a, a limiting belief that I had to overcome um, was if I say no to something, then I won't be liked. So I was saying yes to everything. The benefit that I was getting um, from saying yes to everything was that I was liked. People liked me because I kept showing up, right? Even though I was exhausted and not really present for it. And I felt like I needed to just like take a personal retreat for two months. You know, um, the benefit was that I was, I was well liked. Um, by everybody. And um, that was providing a benefit for me, but not in the right way. So I was able to shift and transform that to um, now I believe that it better serves me when I say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. And my well-being is much, much better um, now that I'm able to say no to things that aren't meant for me. But the benefit was still there. So you can still get those needs met, but you don't have to do them by keeping yourself stuck or small. That's amazing. And it's so helpful. And the way that you explain things, it really brings it down to like a level that the way that you explain it just helps. It helps break it down and into a digestible way that I totally understand where you're coming from and what this could look like in my life. Mm hmm. Yeah, that definitely is a personal mission of mine. I think I, you know, I'm someone that has always loved personal growth and development, but I find that sometimes the information can be hard to either find. It's not very accessible. Um, and also it's, it's not as digestible. It, it takes, um, some real digging. Um, so that, that definitely is a mission of mine is just to make, make this more accessible to, to women and men. I think also, um, I urge everyone to go to Marissa's Instagram because she has such a beautiful page and she posts the most inspiring and beautiful things. Things. Um, but through your coaching service, can you kind of talk a little bit about kind of the things you go through with your clients if someone wants to work with you? I know one of the aspects is limiting beliefs. Can you touch on a few other things that you'll go through with them? Yeah, absolutely. So the program that I lead for one-on-one -on -one coaching is a six-month program, um, and it's called Nourish. Um, and what we do in that program is I combine um, 12 training topics because we meet for 12 sessions over the course of six months. And those topics um, include, like you said, overcoming limiting beliefs. I help you to identify your core desired feelings um, because that's how I actually help my clients set goals based on how they want to feel after they achieve those goals. Uh, we also develop a self-care routine. So as I shared, you know, my morning routine, we develop morning and nighttime routines. Um, I, I teach all of my clients how to establish a meditation and mindfulness practice. And that's usually right from the get-go, because as we talked about earlier, you know, that time for self-reflection is so important to understand and grasp where you're meant to be headed and what, what you need to accomplish and why. Um, and we also talk a lot about energy management. We talk about short-term and long-term goals and then boundaries. Boundaries are are a big thing that come up for a lot of my clients and something that in uh, my self-discovery has been something that I've personally really grown in and feel very passionate about helping other women to grow in. I love that. That's so amazing. And I know on your Instagram too, you've talked about manifestation. Is that part of your coaching program? 
Yes, it is. So manifestation comes up, I would say, um, intertwined into almost everything that we do. Um, and I incorporate manifestation into um, a lot of our sessions. So each session really begins with a mindfulness and meditation practice. So I'll lead my clients through um, a short breathwork exercise just to clear the energy and make sure that they're very present. Um, and then I'll lead them through either a visualization or a guided meditation. Um, the visualization piece is where the client really begins to manifest and to step outside of the limitations that they have and start to envision themselves living the life that they desire to live. Um, and then we move into the coaching aspect of um, the session. But in between each session as well, I'm sending a lot of articles and podcasts and really just helping them to think outside of the box and to remind them of where they're headed and what they want to accomplish. Um, so with manifestation, the philosophy is that we're always manifesting and attracting to us what we believe we want. Um, so what I like to help my clients do is to actually shift what their beliefs are about what they want and what they're capable of, and then to focus on those beliefs and those visions for themselves so that they start to attract that into their lives. And it happens very, very quickly, which is so amazing and exciting to see. That's so cool. Manifestation is one of my absolute favorite things to learn about and to practice. I think it's had such an incredible impact on my journey and I'm so ha happy that you're able to help others with those. And I think that you also have retreats as well. Are those generally the quarterly retreats that you had mentioned? So the quarterly retreats are for me. <laughs> to, I'll go away. I go on my own quarterly retreat just so that I stay well. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's how that's how I stay well. So I've got my own people supporting me, which is great, and I I definitely recommend. <laughs> um, but the retreats that I lead um, right now, I'm actually doing virtual monthly retreats. Um, so each retreat, I uh, lead they're intimate retreats. So I, I limit them to about ten to twelve women, um, and we start with a breathwork practice, meditation, and then I lead them through a movement practice. Um, it's a, a mix of yoga and a HIIT workout. And then we drop into a one-hour training and coaching session. And uh, the one that's coming up is on energy management. The last one that I that I led it was on how to um, have a positive mindset. So each retreat is focused on a different element and different aspect of well-being. Um, but yes, I do typically do monthly retreats. And then once we're back up in action, I'll definitely be doing um, in person retreats in Philadelphia and, and also uh, internationally. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, I'm also curious, like for the audience, are there any specific like books or podcasts you listen to to gain inspiration and kind of help you on your wellness journey? Yes. Absolutely. So I would say that the two leaders that I'm most tuned into and that align with the Wellco, my company and my coaching philosophy are Gabrielle Bernstein. And the book that I would recommend starting with by her is called The Universe Has Your Back. And then the second is Danielle Laporte. And the book that I would recommend is actually the book that every one of my coaching clients gets when they onboard into my program. And that book is called The Desire Map. And that one really addresses the core desired feelings and how to set goals in alignment with how you want to feel. I love the desire map. That is one of my favorite things. I reference it all the time of ways that I want to feel and in decision making, making sure that my decisions align with how I want to feel. It's a brilliant book. I love that you're clued into it. I actually found that on Allo Moves, which used to be the Cody app, I think. Okay. But 
Sure. If you have aloe moves, you can look up Danielle Laporte and she has the workshop on the desire map and you can go through all of the different facets of it to determine what your desired core feelings are. So cool. Well, thank you so, so much, Marissa, for joining us. Can you let everybody know where they can find you? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an inspiring conversation. Um, so yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram um, at Marissa Rose Nash. And my website is The Wellco, and that's www.thewellco.org. Um, also, feel free to send me an email or a DM. My email is Marissa, M-A-R-I-S-S-A, at thewellco.org. I'm a people person. I love communicating with you guys, hearing from you guys. Um, so yeah, keep in touch. Yes. And we'll have everything linked in the show notes too, for you guys to check it out. We definitely will. Please give her some love. Please send her a DM comment on her latest post to share your favorite part of this podcast. I think that's one of the greatest things that we can do as a thank you to our guests. So thank you so much, Marissa. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Marissa. That was such a an awesome podcast. Can we please all go around and share our favorite part of the episode? Our favorite takeaway. Can I go first? Yes. Go for it. Okay, my favorite part, which I'm literally doing next, is the importance of taking a break because I feel like I just love to work straight through the day and just bang it all out. And I have such a feeling of pride of like 10 and 12 and 13 hour work days because of being a lawyer for so long. And I just am so excited to embrace the break because I've been doing that so much more on quarantine and taking a walk with the dogs. And I'll even do active breaks where I like TikTok or come up with ideas while I do my walk as my second walk. My first walk is without a phone. So that's what my that's what I'm about to embrace right now. I love that, Laura. That's such a good one. Um, my biggest takeaway, I felt like this was a huge epiphany for me. Like she really opened up some serious gates for me right here. She was saying how stress looks different for everyone. So, and like understanding your like levels of stress. So I feel like sometimes we view stress as a weakness and like me personally, I'll look at someone else doing a zillion things and I'll be like, wow, why am I stressed doing half as much as they're doing but they are just like killing it at like a zillion things and I feel like I'm I put so much pressure and put myself in a negative space because I'm like I'm so much I'm stressed doing half what they're doing like what is wrong with me but she was saying you know stress looks different for everyone it's important to get to know like your level of stress and what that looks like for you so you can kind of navigate how to live a life not in stress all the time. So I just felt like that was so helpful. And it kind of gave me permission to be like, okay, it's okay that you feel stressed doing less than some other people. That's just like, everyone's different. You know, like everyone has a different level and tolerance for stress. So I really love that. Definitely. And it's also like the devil of comparison. A hundred percent. Like you're even comparing your struggles to someone else's, you know? Yeah. So, so true. And I think that my favorite part was, and good question, Case was that um, what are some things that you can do if you wake up in the morning and just feel like you're in a bad mood and like in a funk? Because we were just talking about earlier today and we were like, what the heck is wrong with today? <laughs> <I know. laughs> today is just not a good day. <laughs> and she right. came up and was like, 
what's wrong with you? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> Today is a bad day. <laughs> yeah, literally. But she gives you some really good tools. Um, yeah, and just like the way that she talks about everything, she just like breaks it down into a way that's like, okay, I can approach this and I can like, I think I can actually implement this in my life, you know? Totally. Yeah. Like not like some arbitrary big kind of things, but it's, she's like, knows that, you know, it's okay. Like she wakes up not feeling her best some days too. And this is what she does to try and counteract that. So I felt like that was super helpful too, Lindsay. I love that. Totally. Well, everyone, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review the podcast and you'll be entered to win a free month at Flourish. So just screenshot um, your review and we will and send it to us and we'll pick a winner and if you ever want to join we have regular virtual workshops we're having one tonight that will be out by the time that you hear this it's the virtual money management workshop we also had a virtual social media and intellectual property workshop and those will be in our shop on our website flourishcoworking.com. So if you ever want to join us for one of our workshops, we have them regularly, usually a couple of months. You should definitely do that. You can find us at Flourish Westchester. You can find me at Laura M. D. Francesco, even on Instagram and TikTok. If you're making money or if you're spending time, making money, <laughs> are you spending time, spending money? Drops yeah. today. And then you can find my, you can find me at Sweet Green Soul. You can, find, you can find me at Casey Flew and you can find my mom at Anne Marie Flew if you want oh, to. Please yeah. send Anne Marie some love. She's like literally the most amazing human that makes the best pizza on the face of this earth. Her oh deep dish Chicago pizza you will dream about for years on end. That's so Even if you've are. only had a bite one time oh my god that's hysterical thank you everyone for listening i hope you found this podcast as valuable as we did bye everyone bye Bye. hey everyone we have such an exciting announcement we are hosting the first ever flourish co-working space business boot camp we have such a stacked lineup it will be for three wednesday evenings in may from 6 to 8 p.m eastern and we will be meeting virtually on may 13th we'll be talking about business planning and leadership management On May 20th, we'll be talking about marketing, sales, and strategy. And May 27th, we'll be talking about business, financials, taxes, and accounting. We hope that you join us and you can use the discount code WEGROWTOGETHER for 10% off until May 1st. We Grow Together will get you 10% off. You can bundle and save. So if you'd like to attend all three workshops, you'll get one session free and save $49. But if you can't and you just want to choose one or two of those, you can still use the code We Grow Together until May 1st to get 10% off. We will have all the information linked in the show notes. We hope that you join us. And if you didn't know and you've missed prior workshops. You can always find those in the Flourish co-working shop that we have linked in the show notes as well. You can do either the social media management 
workshop or the money management workshop. And if you're unable to attend the sessions that you sign up for, you will always have access to the video and you can even sign up for them after or get them after in the florist shop. So we hope to see you there and we hope you join us. Dean Street Law is our sister company. I'm Laura Francesco, founder and CEO of Dean Street Law. It's a corporate law firm that helps you with everything corporate law and has tons of free resources and guides on our website that you can find everything from protecting your company from liability, forming a startup and the different types of entities, all the way to intellectual property and social media. So if you'd like some free information on the legal aspects of your business, head over to deanstreetlaw.com and you can also find us on Instagram at Dean Street Law. We provide a lot of free information and always feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. Thank you everybody for joining us this week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks guys.